was funny because when I started reading chapter 12, I'm like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden we're in the last week of Jesus. It's like, whoo. And what is very interesting with John is we're just going to start, we're sort of in the last section in 12 and 13, where then we're just going to get into all this just amazing teaching of Jesus. You know, just like constant him teaching us. in the upper room and, and before that. So, all right. Uh, so what I want to do tonight, actually, a little different, is I want us to read, uh, t- and you'll see, well, I'll sort of tell you why before we read, but we're going to read from um, chapter 12. We're going to read 1 through 11, and then we're going to follow that immediately whoever's reading, with John 13, 1 through 30. Okay. The reason why I'm having us do this is because John is echoing some things about Jesus, some things going on in 12 and 13, sort of like building. But there's, I want us to sort of be attentive so what do you see that is being talked about in 12, and how do you see that, uh, you could say, mirrored or reflected, or what you see going down at the beginning of 13? Okay, so who wants to read 12? Okay, so Chad, you want to read 12? You want to do 13? Sure, so, no problem. Um, what verses in 12 again, Greg? 1 through 11. Yeah, so 12... 1 through 11, yep. And then we're going to do 13, 1 through 30. Okay. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and if he charged the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may be kept, she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he raised, whom he raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him many Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now before the feast of the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What am I doing you do not understand now? But afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but it completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly I say to you as servant, as a, a servant, not, <clears throat> I'm sorry, truly, truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may truly believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. One of you will betray me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Jesus, I'm sorry. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought, because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. So what we just did, just so you know, we read um, the first part of, yeah, we read first part of 12, um, 1 through 11, and then as he read chapter 13, 1 through 30, it's trying to look for how we see sort of a mirror, some things that are consistent in both the stories, 
how does how do these two stories link? I guess is another way of putting it. Um, so do you guys see any of that? Judas. Judas. Okay, very good. All right. So what do you see about Judas? Where where Seems do you like see his destiny was already predestined to be with the devil? Uh huh. Okay. To, to you know to fulfill scripture to fulfill prophecy he was already singled out as the one who would betray Jesus. Okay. And where do we see that? So where do we see that in 12? 12 and 13. He was given charge of the money bag, and then he was given the morsel of bread. Yeah. And does anybody, do you guys see in 13 where that is? 13, 2. Yeah, very good. So you see how you, I mean, Judas really takes a pretty prominent role. I mean, you find out, I think probably, I don't know, maybe more about him here Mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm than you do in the other Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets mentioned, you know, at least twice here uh, as to what what is happening. When 12 we see he's crooked. Yeah. He, he's not an honest person. And then you find out 13. Even just the full-blown. <laughs> why he's not. Because Jesus yeah. is knowing that Satan is not only present, but he's gone into one of these guys. And it's the one that he would go into, which is Judas. So this little dovetail... How, uh, you know, Jesus has selected each of the disciples. You know, he knows them and he, and he eventually knows their heart or whatever, but he selects them for who they are in their capabilities or uncapabilities and all that stuff. <laughs> all the uncapabilities. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> about Judas is he, he, he kind of needed a Judas. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying so, I mean, obviously, this character, when he showed up, a real guy, he was selected. There's a lot of Judases that could have been out there. Right. And he, Jesus, had role, he had a role to play. Yeah, yeah, Jesus chose this man. Yeah. Who probably was double, triple, quadruple-minded. You know, maybe he there was a part in that guy's heart that wanted to be with these guys. Mm-hmm. But he also was so fragmented in his values that he just, he loved the world, he loved mammon, and he loves... So he's not locked down, and Jesus knows he's, you know, he's the, a key. Yeah, but I yeah. don't think it was his choice to accept Satan. I think you don't was, think what? I don't think it was his choice to accept Satan. I think when you don't he think it was Judas's choice. No, because he said when when I, Satan entered him when he accepted that morsel. Oh, but he, he was, was a dishonest man. He was Judas. It was all of Judas's choices that led up to. To him, him being, being open yeah. to the demonic, yeah. right? Yeah. All yeah. of his choices yeah. had led to that. So you don't. Th- it wasn't Jesus having Satan go into him to fulfill prophecy. No, no. Right. It was. Right. It, it was, was Jesus, like Judas's own yeah. choice. Yeah, I think that's important. It was Judas's choice yeah. for, yeah. to accept Satan. Yeah. Well, he didn't. Well. He didn't necessarily accept Satan. And people that get demon possessed don't necessarily accept the presence of the demons. Sometimes I guess they welcome it by the things they do. They're opening up spiritual portals. They're they're but but they're living in a way that that opens themselves up to weakness because of the things that they're involved in, the things that they're doing, it it basically creates that foothold mm-hmm. for the devil. Mm-hmm. And of course, Judas Iscariot was because Satan doesn't doesn't normally, I think, you know, it's pretty rare to be Demon possessed by Satan, but obviously this was this is Jesus himself and the betrayal of Jesus trying to 
Satan thought he was going to derail God's plan, not knowing that this it was, was God's it. plan. Yeah. You know, the atonement. Um, because I think in, in some of the other Gospels and in the book, the, uh, yeah. the, the, the yeah, Unseen the Realm book, yeah. it says that it was veiled from, you know, the powers of darkness, what, what was happening. But, yeah, Judas, Judas made the choices that led up to him being able to be... Yeah, so what were those choices? Which is, which is interesting, because I think that's really good. Dishonest it helps us to mind. realize, we think, oh, well, I'm not going to have Satan. I'm not going to be influenced by demons or by Satan. Yeah. But, yeah, so... The money was the biggest thing. Right. Yeah. He's a liar, too. Right. He's exactly. a full-on... Yeah. Why, why did Satan go into him after he accepted the morsel of bread from Jesus? Because he was already duplicitous. His character is, yeah, well, his character so is messed up. So here he's taking the morsel thinking that, that he was... was being faithful to Jesus in his duplicitous nature allowed Satan to come in at that point. But what does it say, right? I mean, during the supper, when the devil had already, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot. Mm. So you can see that, you can see Mm. Satan sort of taking over as the, as the person now going to use Judas to continue to, to, do what Satan thought was going to be <laughs> mm-hmm. capturing Jesus. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so Jesus, the clash of evil here. Jesus yeah. had observed all of Judas's traits. That's how he knew he was going to be. Correct. Okay. Well, it's it, it's like Jesus knew from the beginning that Judas would betray him. How did he know that from the beginning? Because he, he, knew, he knew the plan. Like, he yeah. knew it was like um, Lord, you know, when he's speaking to God, I think in the garden, he says, I've lost none of those who you've given me except for the one who was doomed to perdition mm. from the beginning, right? Mm. It would be better for him not to have been born, mm. right? But mm. he played the role, and he, of his own free will, acted into that role. Mm-hmm. Jesus setting him up over the money, knowing that he was dishonest, that's not, that's not... Jesus forcing him to take the money. I mean, he, Jesus could have easily been like, "Now nah, we're going to put Matthew, the tax collector, in charge of money. He's pretty good with money, and he's he's honest now because he gave, you know, um, you know, he, he repaid, and he just didn't necessarily have that problem, but he didn't. He gave it to Judas, yeah. and Judas played his character. That would almost make more sense to have Matthew do spreadsheets on it. <laughs> yeah, but but, yeah. But, but but think about how much worse it is. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, if we're living our normal lives and if it's just people out doing their normal business and then there's some shady business deals, like, that's kind of bad. Shady business deals in the church is worse. But then imagine you're with Jesus. Like, you're with Jesus. <laughs> he is the living word. And you're still this duplicitous. That is like the ultimate because you have this example of Christ right in front of you. You have every opportunity and you have no excuse. And still, you know, you're. Yeah, you go feel it. Yeah, it's warm in here. I don't. Is it raining right now? No. 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 I'll open this up. Yeah. Um, You know, David, to your question too that I think, I don't know if I said it last week, but one of the things to realize that Jesus did very different than a normal rabbi 
is most rabbis during that time, the, the rabbis would have followers. Okay, so Jesus, who plays, people call him a rabbi, but he plays the part of a rabbi in the sense that he has followers. Okay? What's different, though, is that the rabbis during those days, people would come up and ask the rabbi, I, can I follow you? Can I be your disciple? With Jesus, he is the one who chose the disciples. Mm. So it's very different. So this is where you see he too, invited them to come and follow. Right. So yeah. he knew yeah. who he was choosing. He was right. very deliberate. He goes yeah. back to, well, did he know the plan? Well, we find out Jesus through our jaws and telling us, the Father's revealing the plan to me. So he's being guided. The plans? Yeah. Me. The plan of how all this is going to come out, how this is how all going to... How he needed yeah. Jews. About who to choose, mm-hmm. how that's all going to play out. I mean, but he says it in his own words. He says, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. Yeah. 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 Right. So, did Judas really have a choice with the devil well, going into him? I, I, I would still always say... No. Push back and say, yes, I would always say yes he did. I would always, I'd always say yes he did because he, as Pete's saying, did did he have the choice? Well, let me ask this: If you're I asking me, did he have the choice? Did he have the ch- right? Always. But we always have to be careful. There's a tension, right? Because the problem with predestination is we can get into thinking and there's no free, free choice. Will. Yeah, or you're right. not responsible. Yeah. Right. But well, I think there's, I think there's stumbling blocks in your way, and you have free will. To either go down that path or that path, and a lot of right. evil people choose the what they think is the easier path, which is or the path of greed, the right? Way. Which becomes exactly. the easier. Yeah. Right. Being a straight, honest path. person is not an easy path. Trust me. Okay. No, right. Okay. So I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for people that have had gone down the other path, yeah, it's much harder to be on the straight sure. and narrow. Absolutely. Quite right. frankly. Right. Yeah. Coming that's, from experience. That's, that's the, <laughs> okay? That's, right. the call, that's the call to repentance, though. Right. That's the call yeah. to turn around from your current path. And 100%. Go. But I still think Judas didn't have a choice because it was predestined and he was there, <coughs> the sacrificial lamb, to finish prophecy and to fulfill this, this story. God, but but God then if, but, but then if you do. said that, so let me just take what you just said. Yeah. yeah. If that if that is the case, then does he not regret it in the end? In Christ, after sin, yeah, but he doesn't yeah, regret it. What? Right in Christ, sending to hell. Right. Very good. Way. Did you just hear? No, what I did not. Sorry. Yeah. No, this is good. You yeah. just ah, thank you. You just you said it better than I could. Say it again. If Christ chose him. Knowing that he was going to sin, then in a sense, Christ sent him to hell. Correct. Yeah. But that's... But, you know, Christ just spent 40 days with the devil. Yeah. And denied him. Well, God allowed the devil to do to Job what the devil did to Job. So, how is, how is Judas any different than Job? Well, but did you think Job didn't have free will? Of course he did, and he never right. took the Lord's name in vain right. the whole time. Right. Yeah. 
So I think again, there's there's this constant tension. I don't think we understand this. Just like we don't no. understand how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. We don't understand how is it that Jesus um, is fully human, fully God. Going right. back to David's question, I mean, how is it that Jesus is a human? He knows the plan, but he's God. We don't we don't understand it. We don't understand how the Word of God is both written by men, but fully inspired and inerrant. Through the Spirit. I, mean, I think these black are all and white, if you ask me. Well, what's the mechanism, though? Like, yeah, how you exactly just, does how you know? Can you? God's all powerful. He can do whatever it. He wants. He can take embodiment or not take. But he, embodiment. but he always respects the fact that we have free will too. God does, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, but Jesus which, had, which makes was God so responsibility. Yeah, yeah. right. Because right? I think the main the main issue is, well, whether or not Judas was. Was he not demon-possessed? Was Whether or not he was going to make whatever choice he was going to make, but was he responsible? Right. That's, was he responsible? Was he demon-possessed? I think that's the real question. Well, no. At a certain point, he was demon-possessed. Yeah. 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 After he, he, he wasn't bread, when he was stealing from the money bag. He wasn't but, possessed then. No, he wasn't. But by the time he got to that point, that had been so far down the road, yeah. and he'd made a lot of choices by that point. And did, he re- did he repent in the end? Did he regret it? After Jesus was put, I don't know, to death. The fact that he left immediately to perform his mission. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and and, and the fact that. And he was getting paid for it. He sold Jesus out for money. (laughs) (laughs) He sold Jesus out for money. It's not like. No, I know. He sold him out. Right, right. Follow the money. Right. Right. Yeah. He was trapped around money. Thirty pieces yeah. of silver. Right. Putting his putting his hand right. in the money bag all the time, taking wherever he wants, wherever right. he wants. And he still took more money. And he took more money. Yeah. Hey, where's my where's my right, 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 right. where's my silver? Yep. I'll tell I you exactly. Where guy, where here he goes, puts yep. it in his pocket, and walks away. Well, Jesus essentially says too that Judas chooses because if you read him thirteen seventeen down, it says so thirteen thirteen seventeen down. It says good. if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Right. I'm not speaking to all of you. So the right. one he's speaking to is the one who does the thing. And then he immediately says, I know who I am. To but, but, yeah. so he says, I'm not speaking to all of you. And not speaking to all of you refers to the ones he are, is speaking to are the ones who know the things and they're blessed because they do them. So like Judas is the exception. And he says, I know whom I have chosen. So I think who he's chosen is the ones who are blessed because they do the things. Ah, but then says, versus knows the things and doesn't do them. Ah, right. right. Ah, but, but, but then in addition, it says, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. So just lifted his heel, that means Jesus, it doesn't mean Jesus made, it doesn't say Judas made, it doesn't say Jesus made Judas lift his heel. Yeah. It's saying Judas lifted. Yeah, it's like getting kicked by a mule. By the way, where's, where, where's that, um, where's that reference from? Do we know? Uh, He has lifted his heel against me. It's Old Testament, obviously. What's the, um, what's, what's the reference again? It's, it's he who ate my bread is eighteen. So it's John, but you're reading John thirteen, 13 18. 18. 13, 18. The last sentence, or the last, <laughs> the last comma. No, it is the last. Oh, but sentence. the scriptures must be fulfilled. Psalm forty-one nine. Oh, really? 41. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Psalm forty-one nine. Yeah. yeah. Psalm forty-one nine. Even my friend in whom I trusted, one who ate my bread, has raised his heel against me. 
Even my close friend yeah. whom I have trusted, who I brought his love to his home. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he's just constantly fulfilling old scripture, old testament yeah. scripture. Yeah. That's insane. That is so rad. And that's the other layer we have here too. Is not just free will and not just. Um, it's all been predestination, but you, right. you have the fulfillment of scripture being yeah. laid out. It's already right? been laid out. It was the plan, right? Because right? obviously it's saying this happened because it, it was to fulfill scripture, filled, right. which was a thousand years earlier. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Eric. You asked for similarities. Yes. Um, what I see is, is that the circumstance that's going on um, is a transition uh, using his betrayal as the anchor of the transition because he's transitioning from continuing his ministry to beginning the end of his ministry Excellent, yes. and he's using the betrayal as the turning point yeah, that's somewhere. the hook that connects the two yeah, because, because why? Because what is what is what ends up ha- what's going, how does how is that hook going to take place? So well, with his betrayal. So right, right, and who's going to betray him? Which is Judas. Judas, yeah. Which is going to then ultimately send him to the yeah. cross. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm saying is that he's not continuing in the ministry. This is the beginning of the end. Yeah. And it's a major transition, and is using Judas as the anchor of that transition. Good, good, good. But it also it also then uh, pushes Judas out of the out of the intimacy that then happens after that, and in the garden and the upper room, and all these things where it's just so like just no, the no more um, yeah. no more betrayer in his mix. I, I don't. I mean, imagine being Jesus, knowing this guy's going to betray me, but he's still like. Pretend. He has to be a willing participant in the whole thing, though, because yeah. it's ordained, you know. Right. That's his whole mission for being here. So he's, you know, his betrayal. Well, maybe if Pontius wouldn't have offered him the money, he might not have betrayed Jesus, you know. Oh, no. It's, it, it's, There'd be it, another Jesus. There's no turning back. This is the somebody else. Part, you know, to yeah. do the thing. Right. So what else do you, what else do you see as parallels between 12 and 13 that we read. So we see Judas. Very clear. <laughs> Good discussion. Um, we see him. What else What else do you see sort of happening and things that parallel between 12 and 13? She see the, uh, the washing of the feet. Okay. And the, um, the anointing of Jesus with the perfume. Okay. Which is somewhat serious. Um, yeah, so how are those linked? How would you, how would you see those? Well... Jesus says the anointing, the the perfume on his feet was done to prepare him for burial. Okay. And that Mm -hmm. she would be honored for that. And Jesus' washing of the disciples' feet is to set the example to send them out into ministry. Right? So that they would, that they would be, um, that they would, that would be their example for service, for ministry. So what would you guys see the link between what happens, think about, because the language is similar between, so how is the language similar between the anointing of him with the oil and the, what Jesus washing the feet of the disciples? What, what kind of, what, what things do you see similar going on there? 
think think about the actual activity of both those happening. Both selflessness. Both, yeah, both. Okay. Insert, uh, um, a pecking order, uh, a servant. Excellent. Right. So what? So tell me, tell me more what that is. So how are they portraying that? How is how are these similar? So you're saying servant. So Jesus becomes their servant to claim their feet. And before Jesus was himself. Right. And she humbled herself to clean his feet. Yeah. She took a very expensive, you know, pound of lard or soap. Uh huh. Well, that perfumed. was perfumed. Right. That was worth what three hundred denarii. Do you know? Yeah. Do you guys know how how much that money? How much money I mean, that like, is? Probably three thousand more thousand dollars. Yeah, one year's one wage. wage. Yeah. yeah. Thirty thousand then. So one year's wage is how much that perfume would have cost. Yeah. So. So. And how much perfume is it? A pound. So it it is basically this size. Huh. It's, it's twelve ounces. It's actually fourteen ounces for one person. But this is how much perfume she would have taken and poured enough to fill up the whole room with well, the, the smell. Yeah. yeah. No, but it, the perfume yes. and the value of the perfume is testimony to the value of what she's doing with it. Yeah. yeah. That, excellent. And how else does she show that servanthood? She uses her hair. Yeah. She uses, okay. <laughs> so she uses her hair. Anybody find anything odd about that for a woman, for her doing this in her society, what that it's, meant? Well, you didn't touch a woman's hair. Okay. What, how would a woman's hair, how was, what, how was a woman's hair supposed to be? Wrapped up. That's right. Exactly. Wrapped up. So, what did it mean for a woman to have her hair... Humble herself completely. Yeah. And what... But someone watching this... Yeah, it's a little tactile, so... Well, yeah, so think if you... If people watching what's happening with what she's doing to to Jesus... It's almost... It comes across like it does. It comes across... um, not that it was sexual, but it comes across essentially inappropriate. Yeah, yeah very sure. inappropriate because she's taking her hair down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a very they would have looked and go, this is not appropriate <laughs> 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 to say the least. So all the guys were there, so it's, yeah. it's public in front of them, right? And they look very possible other people would have seen this too, right? right? So yeah, and Jews and, being in the world. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. I can sell that. Well, yeah. they would have all recognized this, like, liquid gold being poured on his feet. They, yeah. they would have seen that, too. Right. And not that they would have, because they believe he's Messiah. But they're still like, whoa, this, wow. You know, it's, you have to kind of digest it. So do you know how people were usually, so this is, what's, what's the act called here that she's doing to Jesus? What's the word? Supplication. What is she doing with the oil? She's anointing. Anointing, right. Very good. Okay. So how would anointing, though, usually take place? Oil poured over the head. Very good. Drawn and dripped down the beard. Yeah, very good. What were you going to say? Pouring. Yeah. It would be pouring on someone's head. Okay. We're here... You have it not being poured on his head, 
you have a all coming down to his feet. Why why do you think that's Jesus actually tells us why the feet? Because the feet represent when you do something to the feet, it actually represents as if it's being done to the whole body. Right. It's a cleansing. So like when Jesus cleanses the disciples' feet, it's actually representing the cleansing of their entire body by washing his feet. Same type of thing you see here when she's anointing his feet with this oil, Jesus then says, what is she actually doing? She's anointing my body for burial. For burial, yeah. right. Can you yeah, imagine because he says the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, because yeah. the feet are constantly getting right. dirty. Right. They were sandals, so it was the feet. dusty, they were right. in the desert, you yeah. know, it's constantly getting so you clean the feet, you in essence, now you have a clean body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's Dave. interesting when they talk about different people feeding back uh, as he started the process of washing each one's feet. Mm-hmm. He didn't, it doesn't say whether he washed Judas's, Judas's feet. <laughs> Uh, there was only two or three here that are well, because he yeah. said not all of you are clean. So yeah. it's it's kind of referencing the fact that he did not. Yeah, in fact, and he said, but not every one of you. And then he said, for he knew who was to betray him, and that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Hmm. Well, Peter, well, Peter said, you know, Peter said, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Like I'm your servant. Why are you washing my feet? Right? And he says, if you don't, you'll have no part in you. We can't share. But then, yeah. And then Peter's like, well, if that's the case, then yeah, give me yeah, back. Go for you it. Know? And he says, well, hold it, Peter. If you're clean. You just need to wash your feet. It's and I think symbolic, the three references right? Right? Are... But not all of you are clean, even if all of you get your feet washed. You're not all clean. Right? Okay. The three references are to bring out the importance of washing your feet. There. They're made to make a point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a cool testament, though, that she gets it. I mean, doing something like out there, like using her hair for in this oil. It's and he years didn't even have to say anything to her. I mean, she just did it. Yeah, it kind of seems like maybe she was filled with the, with the Holy exactly. Spirit and did it, and it was just an extravagance just because of the... the just so yeah, it was just an extravagant gesture because of how yeah overwhelmed yeah. it appreciative of what Jesus had done for her. Well, I, I think it has to do, too, like, with chapter 11, like, because, you know, she, she proclaims that he is Christ. Right. Um, was that Lazarus' sister? Yeah. Yeah, so she was already so... And then you have Lazarus so, at the table. Who's yeah. Raised for right. day. Yeah, right. He's, he's kicking back there. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. She must yeah. have gobs of hair. So to un- unwrap, <laughs> I mean, they did. So they have lots of hair, and sorry to keep going on. But so when the hair is being used on the feet rather than the hands, is it a sign of total, you know, in her humanity, a submission? I I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I don't know well, if I know either. But the hair was the glory of the woman. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. And the yes. hair is supposed to be all up here. Yeah. So she's just. She's submitting. The, the yeah. epitome of submitting. Complete yeah. supplication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, for those of you who are here, I think again, my memory, last week I stated about how some people, I think it was last week, some people have thought that possibly 
the reason that some people thought that one of the, the author of John was possibly Lazarus. Remember how I said that last week? For those yes. Who here? here is a re, here is one of the reasons why that happens. Because if you take a look at twelve two, notice that it says, "So they gave a dinner for him." So and obviously Lazarus he raised Lazarus from the dead, gave a dinner for him. Lazarus was one of, one was one of those what reclining with him at the table. Okay, you hear that language? That language is repeated in thirteen twenty three, where it says one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So that's there's other links in here too, but there's it's a link of like oh the one who is reclining with Jesus at the table. There's the one who Jesus loved. Yeah, that was an odd line. And, yeah. Right. But people have seen that link, and there's some other ones in John where people wonder, like, oh, was Lazarus the one that Jesus really loved, that maybe wrote John? Again, it's just, it, it's conjecture, right? We don't know. But it's just interesting how G, how the language is similar. Well, how here. they didn't name names. How would yeah. Lazarus yeah. Have, have written it if he was dead for four days? And still told the story about what was happening while he was dead. Well, he firsthand experience. I mean, you know. okay. <laughs> he goes and asks his sisters, okay. "What happened?" Right. <laughs> he did some interviewing. After yeah. the fact. and again, I, I don't necessarily take a try that role, but yeah. but you can see why people. It is interesting just the links here Holy Ghost of the language. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> That's good. That was good. That was good. Touche. This may be going too deep here, but um, it's the Feast of Passover. Yes. So what the question is, what was the reason that Mary had such an expensive... Uh, right. The cheat was the Passover. Was this going to be a donation... That's required, or something of the Passover feast. How did she? I don't think so. You know, so it's just that it's just one of those mysteries that she had it. She had it, yeah. right? You think yeah. somebody going? I want to like bought it for Jesus. I mean, where would you get that kind of money? Where would you, I mean, that's a year's wages. How did she wind up? That's what I'm saying. It's like, also, maybe she's had it for a year or something. It's a pass-down thing. I don't know. I mean, they were probably in business. What was Lazarus' business? Selling perfume. Yeah. If he had, I don't know, if he had, they... Well, essential oils. Essential oils. Essential oils, yeah. So, someone look up, can someone look up Mark, Mark 14, I just read it. I'm going to say, well, I just read it. 14, 9. 14, 9. Mark 14, 9. I'll do it. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And... Can you see right there what that is? What, who who are they speaking of there? Mary. At number eight, they say she has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. Yeah. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory. And you, I mean, so wow. 
you've got the contrast between Judas, who is now, he, in all the scripture, right, it's recorded what he has done, versus it's what Mary has done. That that's almost word for word what's said in John. Yeah. Leave it, her alone. Why do you trouble that, her? They believe they're probably parallel. Um, it's probably the same story, although some differences and stuff. But it, it is interesting that she, because of this act of hers of complete humility, it ends up becoming well, recorded in scripture. The first step of the final run. Yeah, it's it's a big milestone. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty because Jesus goes. She has done a beautiful thing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we yeah, were to think, just think, sweet. if we were to think about all the things we're doing, it's going to be recorded. <laughs> well, I mean, the presence Don't of mind. Don't get anointed too early. That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> just the presence of mind that Christ has, knowing what's happening, yeah. what's going into this, and yet He still has the mindfulness and the heart. To say, look, don't trouble her. She's done a beautiful thing for me. Yeah. You know, this is, this is beautiful. He's kind of like, you know, it, relishing it almost to some degree, you know, that he's internalizing this whole thing. He's letting it play out, yet he's okay with it. It's like he's, you know, he's accepted it. Well, as we find out when he goes to the garden, right. he, he really out, yeah. breaks down and realizes that he, you know, this is this play acting out. Yeah. And then he, he becomes human he again makes, for a moment. And he makes the choice, yeah. right? And he then ends this emotion final overtakes choice. him. And, yeah. and then he realizes, wow, I'm really in this right. for good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How, how true were Jesus' words, though, the way he said about wherever the gospel is preached, <laughs> uh, what she has done will also be told in her in memory of her. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody has the Gospels, and everybody goes through this, but right. Right. it's so true. Yeah. He's just it's like, just, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anybody, um, anything else? Um, I mean, what's interesting about what Peter just said, if you think about it, you know, everything else then should be black and white and make perfect sense what's been prophesied for the rest of the world, after this moment, after this period of time, after this, you know, time that Jesus becomes crucified mm-hmm. and, and, and rises up again. And everything from that point forward should be taken at, at face value, you know, that where we're headed. I know a lot of pastors don't think about or don't want to talk about that, you know, about where we're like headed. Revelation and oh, things like oh, that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? What's been prophesied for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, from that point forward. You know. So I have a question and a statement. <laughs> um, is, is your statement the answer to your question? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> that would be easy. It's meant to make it more difficult for this you. This question the answer to the statement. <laughs> so, six days before the Passover. Yes. Okay, so the Passover happened over the whole country. Um, you didn't have to go to a certain place. You, if you were a, if you were a, I don't know if I'll use the word good Jew. Yes, all thousands of people from all over Israel 
okay, came to Jerusalem for Passover. This was a huge feast that that's where everybody came. So so it wasn't that they celebrated, people did not, quote unquote, celebrate Passover around the rest of Israel. I'm speaking somewhat the point, in, in the general. The point I want yeah. to make is, is that Jesus went back to Bethany where Lazarus was, who he had raised from the dead. Yes. So, and Bethany is pretty close to Jerusalem. Yeah, but the whole, I mean, just the fact that Lazarus was such a significant person in his ministry, and he go, and rather than going to Jerusalem, like where well, he the was there four were, days prior, right. though. Right? Yeah, he was. So, and he, so he, was he didn't want to leave, right. but he did have to go back to raise yeah. Lazarus, so he right. stayed in Bethany. Yeah. Instead yeah. of getting back on the road and going all the way back to Jerusalem. And you could think that the raising of Lazarus is, we talk about the trigger events. Yes. I mean, the raising of Lazarus, that... The beginning of the beginning. That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his disciples had to drag him away, you know. Let's, you know. Yeah, I mean, right. that, you can believe that the word got around right. real quick. Right. Um, with that one. You didn't need, you didn't need the internet for that. I would assume that people very quickly heard yeah. what had happened. It's amazing. Um, Here, we have, in this era, we have so much communication. Everybody having a phone and all the rest of that stuff. But I have done a lot of traveling, and specifically hunting, in the middle of nowhere. my father-in-law had a heart attack, and my wife called uh, the Navajo police, the highway patrol for New Mexico, mm-hmm. and the police station near the city, near where I was hunting. Tuba City? No, uh, oh. up near Four Corners. Oh. Um, they looked for me for two days. And couldn't find me. Oh, because you were out hunting? I'm in the middle of... When I say in the middle of nowhere... You were in the middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, mm. oh. That's awesome. By yourself? Were you just by yourself? One other guy. Okay. And so, we just happened to pull into town, and I said, oh, I'll call Marilyn. You know, and she goes, where are you? You need to get home. So, um... So they didn't find you. You ended up... No, I... Just no, they, they, never, they wouldn't have found me where I was. Yeah. Uh, but back then, people used the same routes. You know, everything was a footpath or a yeah. cart path, yeah. and people passed each other constantly. So, and you'd pretty make small talk probably when you're on the road, and mm-hmm. probably pretty much everybody spoke the same language. So, well, and that's what happened. But, here. but my yeah. point uh-huh. is, a lot of my local hunting is down at the southeast end of the Salton Sea, and that's in my closest neighbor was like a mile and a half from me. Uh, I could drive down Friday night, hunt Saturday and Sunday, and not see anybody. Go back the next weekend, and guys would say, uh, it's nice that you got some geese last weekend. Three. <laughs> how many you got? And knew how many you got. They knew how many I got. They knew when I was hunting, what I was using, That's where a I small was located. And, and that was not uncommon in Canada. And in Canada, I mean, I was in the middle of 
10 miles to the nearest place. Yeah. And people still knew. And I don't know what it is about country people, mm-hmm. but well, there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> Everybody knows everything. They're tuned yeah. in, man. Yeah. So then you're saying that, that the people in Jesus' day, that's, that's how the news That information yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a mist just yep. flows out over the yep. countryside and everybody knows. Yep. And if you Especially looked, raising yep. somebody from the dead, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I if you look, there are, there are routes that go through Israel. That's why Israel, why did God choose Israel? God chose Israel because it was the it's connector God. between... Yeah. Between the two major areas of the world at the and time, of commerce. Yeah. So all commerce had to travel, basically, or a majority of the commerce had to travel through Israel. So you have these major roads that would go from Jerusalem up to Sea of Galilee, and so you had just one or two routes that you would take down. So everybody were, was on those routes, and so word of mouth to that person, those, yeah, it, exactly, yeah. yeah. I always say, if you want to disappear, go to the city. Yes. Don't go to the country. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody knows you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was good. It's true. Yeah, that was true. I'm trying to look to see. Let's see. Any, anybody see anything else that's... Um, food. Food. Yeah. Always food. <laughs> it's always <laughs> food. Are, always have food around. Yeah. Well, the fact that they decided to throw a dinner for them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what they're doing. They're having a party because Lazarus rose from the dead. Yeah, yeah it was like, to celebrate. Jesus, he rose Lazarus from the dead. We owe you dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 on his face, you know, and gimping around like a, just kidding, like a zombie. <laughs> You've been watching too many movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just joking. Joke. Think how difficult Lazarus' life was. I mean, people are going, you know, can I touch you? You know, it, it would be totally changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're 100%. world famous now. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know how but how did you do it? How did you no do one it? Knows. No one knows. <laughs> there's no, like, how much longer do you live? Not in any we, other we literature. Know. No one really. He did eventually die again, that's for sure. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 he walked up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like in the American Civil War, in the summertime, if somebody, I don't, I don't know a lot, but if someone was shot in the middle of a field of one of the great, you know, Manassas or whatever, within four days... That, that body is a balloon. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, Israel is hot most yeah. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why they could 
they yeah, yeah. put stuff, we talked about the spices and everything over the body. Right. Because they wanted to let, and again, that's the way Jews did things. They did not, we talked about that what, last week, they don't embalm the body, they put spices and everything around it wrapped up because what they're trying to do is get the body to de- decompose in the cave so they will then take the bones and go bury the bones. Interesting. Which also says, you know, you're a little bit more efficient, you know, that way. <laughs> you don't need um, a whole lot of caves that way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they stack them. I've been in the catacombs and they stack them in these, yeah. you know, yeah. three foot tall high by six feet long, six feet deep little dugouts. <laughs> You know, yeah, I've seen yeah, them. But but it also says like don't open don't open that because it's gonna smell, right? Right. So they expected it to smell mm-hmm. because it would have, like, it yeah. should have, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you you see maggots on dead bodies within a couple three days. You know, it's not that unheard of. It's just looking at a trash walking past trash. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, just in a couple days, maggots will appear. So they they make quick work. Um, one, so he put, here's one thing oh, that just, out of his that, I, that I sort of saw in the commentary, which is, which, which is not something, it's not something that we would see. I would not see it normally. It's interesting. Um, but if you notice, if you guys turn to page 84, um, this is what we call, if you guys remember, an occlusio. Um, but it's a language that's used that's interesting. So... Um, what section? Sure. Glenn, uh, well, let's see. Um, let me try to get up here. Hold on. Is it John? So, thir- thir- yeah, um, John, John 13, 4. Cool. Okay. Thank you. So, let me just bring this up here. These are things because we because we have it in English we wouldn't we don't normally see this. Um, okay, so it's a, if you think about it, it's sort of interesting because on, uh, what ends up happening is it said that Jesus um, notice how it says in four. Well, he rose from supper and then listen to the language. He laid aside his outer garments. Okay. So he takes off his robe, in essence. <coughs> but then notice what happens in 12. So then he washes their feet. And then he does what in 12? 12, he puts them back on. He puts it back on. <coughs> okay. So he takes the garments off. He serves them, lays, you know, cleans their feet. And then when he's done and he puts the garment, his robe back on. The Greek language for this is identical to the words that are used in John 10:17, where it says, "This is why my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again." So the word for taking off his garment was laying was the exact same word laying down my life. And then what does he do? So he takes off the garment. There's lots of symbolism here. He takes the garment mm-hmm. off. In essence, then what does he do? He lays down his life, mm-hmm. washing their feet. Mm-hmm. And then he picks it up again. puts it back up again, which he's going to rise again. So he just, there's this, 
commentators sort of pick up, I would never pick that up, but in the Greek, because the words are, is the same as lay down my life so I may take it up again, it's like this is a symbolic way in which Jesus is doing that before he goes to the cross. Well, they kind of clarify that in three, they say it comes from God and was going back to God. Yeah, so same, kind of the same thing. Same thing, very much. So you see a lot of these patterns here where Jesus is doing this, the Philippians thing, Philippians mm-hmm. 2. I had laid down my life so mm-hmm. God would exalt me and raise me mm-hmm. back up. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Very free. All right, anything? Um, sort of a short one tonight, but anything else? There's, uh, also, there's, there's the idea of understanding or not understanding what's happening. In, in the example of Jesus washing their feet, he says to Peter, mm-hmm. what I'm doing you do not understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But huh. you will understand afterwards. Mm-hmm. But then okay. after he did it, he says, do you understand what I've done? Let me oh. explain it to you. But there was there was not an understanding as well when his feet were being anointed. Mm-hmm. Right? So this idea of, of not, um, not you don't understand this now, but you will. Yeah. Right. Good. That's really good. Yeah. It'll all be very good. I didn't see that. No, I didn't see that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. When he says the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. Which, where are you looking at? Uh, verse 13, verse 10. Is that a metaphor to, like, they're bathed and they're clean because they're his followers or because baptism or what's what specifically is he referring to or does he just mean physically they're bathed and they're physically clean is that Peter said to Lord yeah that they had already taken a bath the rest of their body was clean right yeah well and I understand that but but like is he saying something past that too yeah that's no sounds like he is but I don't know Definitely sounds like he is, meaning more than just simply physically. Yeah. But I'm not sure. That, that'd be interesting to, to look at that and yeah, study like that. I, I didn't really... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to connect clean, the physical... Not everyone. It's almost like a... Feels, it almost sounds like baptism. That's what I'm saying. Like just sort of like the washing, going down on the water, and then coming back up again. You guys sort of that same type of thing. Yeah, because, um, I, I mean, obviously I don't think he truly cares about... Not their body being about clean. about the physical getting right. dirt off. So it's like, what? And I understand that the feet are dirty because he walks, but it seems like there's some more significance. I think there. they were. He was just trying to draw attention to the fact that he knew he was going to be betrayed, and he wanted everyone else to kind of know that he knew, and that he was making it air apparent. That there was somebody there that wasn't clean. I mean, if you had 12 oh, yeah, guys in a room. I mean, this is what he's saying, isn't it? If I mean, you had 12 guys people. in a room and, well, right. gee, who's he talking about? You know, so, so yeah, everybody Dan, starts Dan questioning. Daniel's asking, answering the everybody. question by just continuing yeah. to read. That's really You know, and, and just looking inside, yeah. like, oh, wow, which one of us is he, yeah. which one of us is going to betray him? You know, which, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fascinating. No, this is exactly, you know, it's great, Daniel. And, and you are clean, but not every one of you. Yeah, so everybody goes, what? What? Can you imagine being in a room yeah. and you're saying that and was like. Yeah, but it's, but it's obviously <laughs> not, it's obviously not a, a physical, a physical thing. It's a spiritual. Right. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. like, yeah. hey, you know, the only reason why Judas betrayed him is because he forgot to take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's right. not it. And, 
Right. And then I think there are some spiritual implications like, okay, well, why are they clean? Right. How are they made clean? Mm-hmm. Right. Spiritually. And it's through Christ. Right. Right. He is, he's proclaimed other people clean. The lepers, he's proclaimed clean. To go show yourself to the priest or forgiving people their sins. Right. And so he, he had done that for the disciples. Yeah. And I think I've heard some preaching on these, on these verses and I think it's the idea of us being clean, like we are uh, saints, we are a royal we're, priesthood, we're, we're holy. Right? We are, yeah, we are all of these things, and we are being being sanctified, but we are still in the world. Yeah, and when we walk in the world, we still need our feet washed, even though we're clean, hmm. and we can wash each other. Which is feet. a repentance, I guess you would say. I think he was putting well, everybody on notice. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it's a repentance, and some and some of it's maybe confession of sin, mm-hmm. but some of it's bearing each other's burdens. Yeah, so it was that yeah, that's good. So we, we went and bear each other's burdens, and you know, it's just kind of feet washing, and uh, and different things, which is being in the world. Um, that's yeah, that's that's the connection to. Yeah. So that brings up a good question that you just said then. So if you look at 14, Jesus says, if then you look, if then you, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done. Mm-hmm. And of course I do know that there's some churches and stuff have had either a regular time where people wash each other's feet <laughs> and do it regularly. I remember here in churches they used to do that before. I don't yeah, I haven't heard that for a long, long time. Um, but I think it goes back to what you said. It's like, okay, we see what Jesus has done and humbling himself to serve others. Bearing each other's burdens. How do we well. do that? I mean, how do we do that in our lives where we are emulating that type of servanthood for another? Oh, yeah. One of the hardest things I had to accept that my wife wanted to include in our marriage ceremony was to wash each other's feet. Oh. And I thought... Mm-hmm. Oh, did you guys actually do that? We actually did Wow. It. Wow. Okay. That's and I mean, wow. we had oh, 150 people there. And, wow. And the power came from the fact that I wore my Navy captain's uniform with all the stripes, and I got down on my knee, and I unbuckled her shoe, and I washed her feet, and put the shoe on, and then I got up on the chair, and she washed my feet. And everybody, do you remember that day? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Uh, I, I would. I would think that, and no one would forget that in your wedding. That oh, is quite and, an and, you know, yeah. and I, you know, at first I thought I ain't doing that. <laughs> no way. In front of and all those people. I think it's interesting in your military outfit. In my navy wow. captain, you know, wow. senior officer, and uh, I thought, you know, do you really love this woman? Wow. And this is for me. It was. A symbolic submission yeah. as a man to equality in the marriage, and it was really it was. It took me a while to get used to doing it, but you know, um, 
We did it. So, Eric, did, did you think back to that at different times within your marriage and use that as a point of inspiration for serving your wife? I didn't think of it until now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, you know what, Eric? I'm sure you did, though. You don't have a choice. <laughs> <of art. laughs> exactly. <laughs> it out of this memory. <laughs> Please and thank you and keep your feet off the furniture. <laughs> Let's hear from Dale. What, what, what yeah. did you, how was that experience for you? Um, different. You know, because I've not used I, I knew other people in other churches that washed feet, but we didn't in our church. But it was scriptural, so I, I just thought it was something they wanted to do, and they did it. Yeah. But Dale, you weren't military, right? No, no. Never. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, a few people yeah, get to I have mean, a friend as dear as he is. Mm. But as an officer. To break uniform. Oh, and teach. If he you had know, been, mean, and to get on my knees. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. In your in your dressing room. If he yeah. had been, I mean, that's huge. On the deck wow. of that's huge. Here. Yeah, I get it. That might have been a, a whole lot more difficult for him. Well, if his admiral <laughs> was above him, or if he was had there, been yeah. getting married, say in San Diego on the aircraft yeah. carrier, which he could have done, but. It would have been a whole lot different. You would have gotten written up for being out of uniform. No. <laughs> no, it was, it was bad. I just Over think, I've, I've, thinking of just right now that mutual submission that yeah, you that's huge. are that really awesome. demonstrating and you're doing that publicly. Yeah. yeah. I, don't that, think, I don't think I've ever heard any marriage do No. I have not either. Not, especially, I've heard of it, like you said, at churches, but I've never heard it in the sense of a wedding. Yep. Yeah. Right. I agree, David. That's just. We also had a yellow lab. Uh, come into the church at the tune of the William uh, Overture tell? to bring the rings to the altar. The lab did? Yeah, in the middle of the ceremony, all of a sudden, you know, it goes on. And then the back doors went, everybody's looking around, what's going on? And this little dog comes out and saw all the flowers, you know, in the and starts sniffing, and then notice all the people, and she went up and down every pew, all the way up to the <laughs> altar. <laughs> Everybody got a kick out of that. We want a little humor, you know. Sounds like it. Sounds awesome. So, who's going home and washing her wife's feet? I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I, had yeah, Jeff, you said, you uh, I had Jeff baptize my wife and I the day before we got married. Yeah, we did an ocean baptism before we got married, mm -hmm. and I figured that took care of the head and the feet. So, Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> at least you were clean the day. Yeah, married. we were clean. Yeah. This session that has really caused me to want to look more into this, though, because it. I mean, yeah, because you're getting married um, in about a month now, you know, if you want to yeah, follow with this chat. Well, not just for the marriage. <laughs> yeah. At least take a bath. Not just for the marriage, but, like, I mean, it is, like, it seems like Jesus is pretty serious about this command. You know, like, if I've yeah. been your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also have to wash another's feet. For I've yeah. given you this example. And I just think, like, a lot of times when Jesus gives, like, this command or stressing something to do, it's fairly straightforward for, like, 
Right. I kind of, and this one's like a little less clear to me. Because what's interesting is like, I don't know, like the washing seems to be cleansing or purifying. Right. Like, we also aren't God and can't purify. I think it's what other Peter people, said. So. I think it's pe- picking up each other's burdens. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's you know, and there's other, um, there's other yeah. places, oh, like, really when, when it says, if you want and to I be the greatest in the kingdom, incredible. then you need to be the servant of all. Right. 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 Washing right. somebody's right. feet, that, that is sense. like, that's like that's a humbling, like low yeah. Yeah. position right. doing yeah. that. So yeah. what are you going to say, what are you going to say more chapter? What are you going to about? No, I mean, that seems to make sense, what Pete's saying, but... Just this specific con. I, I don't know if it's like a specific part of carrying burdens, or maybe it's really Seriously. broad. Yeah. Yeah. What is the? Well, it's I think it's symbolic. It, 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 it just seems like a unique thing in scripture. It, it seems like I don't yeah. see many other references to this. Yeah, in, in other places. Yeah, I don't. This, so I believe only occurs in John, so you yeah. don't even right. Was yeah. washing the feet of Jewish custom, or did Jesus introduce this? I don't know. No, it, 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 it was just custom. symbolic, really. It was well, a custom. It was a custom. Yeah, it was, this was a custom. the feet of guests who <laughs> right. had walked walk to your yeah. house. Yeah. And then Track they, their they take their sandals off and yeah. get their feet washed. Right. But it was usually, it was usually dated as a servant. You'd have a servant. Yeah, do it. They would do it. Right. And that's what's so... It would so, be the host. Or yeah. you'd step in a little bowl of water and yeah. rinse the dirt off your feet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to remember, they didn't have, like, shoes... Necessarily like we do, and right, people's feet were dirty. These are they're kind of more like nobility or nobles, right? I mean, it was the working people. You wash your own dang feet, <laughs> kind of, right? I you step in a bowl. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't actually don't know how the, extensive it was. Right. There was, a, there was a ceremonial way to wash your hands, where you would kind of like let the water drip down your palms, right? Um, I think maybe that's brought up as well, but. Not for the feet. That's not mentioned anywhere in the Old Testament. Yeah, oh, in the Old Testament. Is, yeah. yeah, but just cut customarily. Yeah. Uh, I try and memorize some ethical sayings, and I know one, you've got a you've got a lot of good ones. One yeah. I'd like to bring in here that kind of takes this to the next step, and it goes like this: Don't keep count of offenses or slights that wound you whether the wrongdoing was voluntary or involuntary. As the count mounts, so will your resentment, and you will find it more difficult to forgive. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's symbolism of washing a person's feet because some things they may have said may have been mm-hmm. unintentional, but when we receive it and take it as wounding us, you know, in our interpretation... The whole reason for Christ's coming is for reconciliation and forgiveness. And it's until we can do that effectively, even with our enemies, you know, uh, that uh, there's one that, like another one, here it goes. Um, it takes me a minute to get it up in the computer here. <laughs> Wind her up. <laughs> Just go ahead and then I'll, I'll, I'll catch it. I think that first one, though, might actually be what this is all about, or at least in large part, though. Yeah, because, I think so, too. You, you know, like, it, the scripture says a bunch of times, like, when we sin, we sin against Jesus. God, God, like, yeah. like, I've sinned against you and you only in Psalm 51. So it's like, I think that maybe that's a big part. Like, when people we sin, mm-hmm. sin against us or hurt, get, hurt us or do us harm in any way, not, not holding the count. 
the part that's significant to me mm. that wound you. Yeah. See, you have right. to make a decision that you got wounded by what was said. And then that dichotomy is whether it was voluntary or involuntary. Yeah. So they may have meant it or may not, but we have we are the ones that take it and make it hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that right there is probably one of the number one wisdoms of marriage. Because mm-hmm. if you look at marriages that end up splitting, it starts with mm-hmm. two people starting to hold something against each other, mm-hmm. one or both. And once you start, that turns in, finally into contempt. And yeah, once no. you're at contempt, it's it's really hard. And there's no going back. That's why they it's say very hard to go back. Familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. It's just a constant buildup of all these. Yeah. We have to live our lives like a professional baseball pitcher. Short memory. You're gonna throw some balls. You're gonna throw. You're gonna hit some batters every once in a while. You're gonna walk some runs, and you know, you, short memory. Get back in that strike zone. Good discussion, you guys. All right. Well, who would like to close us? I look around. I will. Good. Thank you, Chad. Jesus, thank you for allowing us to be here together. Thank you for your presence. And your word and just the way it speaks to each of us. And we just pray that we could just engage with you throughout the rest of this week. Mm. We pray that just these scriptures we study would not only be just a study, but something that really just permeates every area of our life. Yes. And that we just would be constantly reminded of the reality of what we're talking about tonight and mm. the reality of you. Yeah. And so we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.